Welcome to our podcast series, Stories from the Field, the podcast that takes you deeper into the lives of national workers around the world. I'm your host, Joy Kita, and with me are Ron and Karis Pierce. Welcome back to the studio, guys. Thanks. Today we're going to Laos. Laos. Oh, we don't hardly go to Laos. No, Southeast Asia. And it was one of the most exciting times of interviews I think I've ever had with this uh, group of pastors that came in from all over the region. And we were sitting in this, oh, it, was, it was a very traditional Lao house in the fact that it was made of teak wood. It was huge, high ceilings, and the walls were just loaded with all memorabilia, mm. pictures of the family, uh, you name it. Would it, it be on stilts? I no, picture this, it on. One was, oh, this okay. was flat on the ground, and it had animals outside, etc., and there was a meeting room there because the gentleman who headed up this movement wasn't there at this time. So he brought in eight of his workers, and they all sat around telling me their stories. And one of these brothers is the story I'm going to tell today, and we call him Yellow Shirt. And Yellow Shirt was a pastor, church planter, etc., who came from a very difficult background in the fact that he used to be a witch doctor, a very powerful witch doctor. And it, it needs to be explained that in the villages and a lot of the Laotian um, people in tribal areas, um, over the years they believe in house spirits or their home spirit. And that means that they would go to that spirit to have the blessing um, under animism, the blessing of the spirit to protect them, to heal them, to bless their crops, to ward off evil of all sorts. So they would, over the generations, have a book that they passed along from generational leader to generational leader. And this was like their Bible. And in it, they would write down all the incantations or the sacrifices, what the remedies were or what they should do under certain circumstances. So this was their manual for life. And uh, this brother was like that. He was the leader of the home. He was the head witch doctor of the area. He was the big the big, big guy. Big kahuna, yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, here he comes in, and um, you could tell he was a leader. Um, just by the way everybody reacted to him, his demeanor and everything like that. So we're sitting there, all the other guys give their testimonies, and then um, he starts into his testimony and talking about way his life developed. And he um, he was so powerful, he told me, that actually he could put a hot knife, red-hot knife, between his teeth and his, his lips, and nothing would hurt him. In other words, the evil spirits would protect him. He would tell a tree to die, lay his hands on a tree, and curse it. And a couple of days later, it would be dead. I wonder how someone found out they could put a red-hot knife between oh, their lips. I have no Very idea. Um, it would, who knows how they would come up with these things. But <laughs> A show it, of power. It was probably. a show of power, mm -hmm. and et cetera. Now, when he told me that story, and all of the story, actually, we were sitting at the, um, the lunch table. And so all the pastors are on one side, and I get on the other side. That way I've got my tape recorder ready to go. Mm -hmm. I can look them in the eye, and they're telling me their stories. Well, when he told me this part of the story about the hot knife— I thought, I've got to see this. So I got up and I walked around the table and I said, open your mouth. I want to see this. Because he said there were no scars there. Mm. 
Right. And I looked in his mouth. Now, here's the guy just in the middle of eating. So here I am looking in a, a mouth partially filled with food, and I'm opening up. And the other guys, the other pastors laughed. They were laughing at me or with me or whatever the case is. probably. Yeah, that I would actually go around and, and do this. So here we are. We're, we're sitting there with this brother, and he's telling me the stories as to what his life was like. And he says— catastrophe came in. And his mother and his little boy mm. both got very, very sick, both died. They tried everything prior to this to have them healed. And that would mean that they would do all the incantations. I think he sold eight water buffalo to be sacrificed for them. Mm. And nothing. They died. And he was despondent. He was in absolute uh, a state of wanting to give up on everything. Mm. He was depressed beyond belief. And so... He had a friend, now believe this or not, it was another pastor. And this other pastor came over, and uh, I don't know how he had a Christian friend in his position, mm-hmm. but the other pastor came over, shared with him about Jesus, and he accepted the Lord. And he burnt all the, the paraphernalia, etc., like that, and he believed in Jesus. And he went out, and, um, and after that became a church planter. And so we got to the church planting part of this, and... Uh, I said, so how many churches have you started now? Oh, uh, 45. 45. 45 <laughs> churches. And he says, yes. And he says, um, we go into the village, and we will first go door to door, and we will pray for the sick. Before we preach the gospel, we will pray for the sick, and many, if not all, are healed. And then he says, we will gather them together in the middle of the village, and we will preach the gospel to them, tell them who healed their sickness, who did this, who created all creation, and and the, mm-hmm. we know the name of the creator, and all this sort of stuff. So he told me this whole pattern as to how he did church planning. It was really good. And then uh, I, I, I said to him, well, man, oh, man, that's amazing. So are, are you planting these churches all the time? Oh, yes. He says, we just did one last Sunday. I said, Really? He says, yeah. He gets up from his seat, walks around, sits beside me, and he pulls out the oldest iPad in existence (laughs) in the world. This thing has been through wars, I think. I've never seen one that is so dirty, broken, scuffed up, and everything like that. I I think Apple's going to take this one as a prize someday (laughs) and put it up as a demo because this was incredible. So then he's sitting there in front of him, and he's going through picture after picture. He's, he's flipping through these on the iPad of when they would start churches. And he, and he had hundreds of pictures, okay? I mean, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pictures. So he gets to the ones from last Sunday, and he shows me this picture, and I've got it because— um, I, I took pictures of the iPad pictures. <laughs> I couldn't transfer them, didn't know how probably, but I took pictures of them, and I still have them today. And here are these pictures that I took of, of a man who was tied up and chained to a platform made of, we'll talk, the uh, tree, um, uh, tree boughs mm-hmm. and tree limbs and everything like that. And probably they were about uh five, six inches across, and made a platform. Then they put a little bit of a roof over top of it and half walls, etc. And this man was chained in there on that platform. And I said, okay, is this where you 
started the church? He says, yes. He says, we walked into the village, and we were praying for people, and we noticed this guy was in the middle of the village. We were all tied up and everything like that. And I asked, who is that man? Oh, he's, he's demon-possessed, mm. and he's a wild man, and he hurts people, and we have to tie him up so he doesn't hurt the children, and nothing can control him, and he's out of his mind. Hmm. And so he said, I knew I might as well just go over and deal with this at the first, because he said, I, I was going to have to do it anyway. And so he says, I walked over and I was walking up to him. He was sitting on the little porch out in front of his house. And um, he, I was walking up to him and he was growling and he was snarling at me. And you could see that he was going to try to bite me or something like that. And he says, I just slowly walked up. I stood beside him. He was sitting down. I put my hands on him. And for about the next 20 minutes, I just prayed for him. I prayed that God would deliver him. I prayed over him. And all of a sudden, he says, he just calmed right down. Mm. And he calmed down so much. And he says there was no outward manifestation of anything. But at the same time, you could sense that inside him something was different. And so I sat down beside him, and he was calm, he was gentle, and everything was gone. All the meanness, all the, the insanity, shall we say, everything was gone. That God had totally um, healed him. So he called over all the people from the village, and because they were all watching at a I'm distance sure. as to see what was going to happen. Uh, this was the prophets of Baal, Elijah situation. <laughs> and they, he calls them over, and he says, take the chains off him. He's okay now. So they carefully take the chains off, and the man's smiling. He's standing up. He's greeting everyone. Um, he sits down. I think they even said they had a meal together sitting on the front porch of his little uh, uh, prison. prison. <laughs> uh, yeah, prison. And, um, and, and the man was fine. And I have pictures of him both praying hmm. as well as of him sitting there with him afterwards, etc., like that. So he says, yep. Yeah. So he says, then we called the whole village together, and I told them who did this. And he preached the gospel to them. They accepted the Lord. And we started a church that day. That was last Sunday. <laughs> and so I just looked at this guy sort of like, wow. Yeah. This is this is a, sort of a little Apostle Paul. Mm -hmm. Okay, going around from place to place and various miracles happened around him or situations and everything like that. And he took it as this is normal. And that's, I think, what we've got to realize in many parts of the world right now with all the, the huge numbers in the jungles of the Vietnams and the Laos and, uh, and all these other countries. People have been waiting eagerly for someone to come and deliver them and tell them who the creator is. Because these people are animists, which means they worship the rocks and the moon and the stars and trees. And which made his strategy like so powerful because oh, he immediately started with who the creator truly is. Exactly. Interesting. Exactly. So you start where they are, mm -hmm. where they are, because they're always wondering who mm -hmm. is the creator. Just like um, Paul on um, uh, uh, when he was in Athens, Greece, and he was at that location where they were worshiping an unknown god. Right. And he says, I'm going to tell you who it is. <laughs> well, it's the same principle when he goes and he tells them who the unknown God is that they've been worshiping from afar. <laughs> and when they learn and when they're shown that he's a, a personable God who wants to love and heal them, well, man, this melts them because this <laughs> is what they've been looking for. So, you know, he had his, he had his book of, um, uh, shall we say, incantations 
that he had and the manual and everything like that. This is now a man of the word. And in the old wet days, um, he would use this to try to appease the, these um, uh, spirits and to gain favor with them and to have prosperity. All right. That left. The Bible comes in. It does in a holy and uh, complete way. It does the exact same job for a Christian. Mm -hmm. Cleans up their life, shows them what to do in life, shows them who the power is behind them and in them. It talks about the Holy Spirit. This is what the people were looking for before, and now they found it in the Word of God. That's the power that is being released in in the Vietnams and Laos's today of the world. So a little tiny geography lesson is Laos close to China. Is it on the border of China? It's it's south of China, the okay. main body of China. It's um, bordered, shall we say, by Myanmar and, okay. and Cambodia and Vietnam and uh, those countries. It's not so, a communist country. Yes, it is. Oh, okay. Yes, it is. And uh, there's great resistance in Laos um, to the gospel by the police. Mm. And uh, another story I'll just throw quickly in. There's one brother that we met that um, went to prison. They were going to execute him. And uh, he was there with five other guys that he'd led to the Lord. They put him in a firing squad. Everybody shot, but nobody shot. In other words, the bullets didn't work. Wow. The guns misfired. They all The guards all went into the police station. They'd say, what's going on here? And they knew this guy. They left everybody standing outside in the uh, against <laughs> the wall, shall we say, <laughs> ready to be shot. They were in there. And then uh, they came out. And, um, Were they still standing there? Or did they yeah, run? they're still. Okay. No, they didn't run. They're still standing there, yeah. all of them. And they come out, and the um, the guards um, loosened their bindings and everything like that, and said to them, "Go home, go home. We don't want you here, and don't be preaching anymore." <laughs> so they just left. And uh, here, here, here's the pastor saying, "Yep, yeah, yeah, we we were almost killed, but the bullets didn't work." Yeah. And can you imagine six or seven or eight guns? And the bullets that would didn't work. Your life. Well, yeah, the police were yeah. confused. Right. You know, scared so, probably. Oh, yeah. But yeah. this was the case. And this happens in some parts of Laos today. Mm-hmm. There is a penalty involved. That's what I was going to ask if there is persecution, oh, yes. so to speak, to the Laos. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. But when you get on with the pastors, I just did um, the main leader mm-hmm. that uh, I was sitting in his house. I was talking to him just a week ago. And uh, yeah, he says, yeah, persecution. Yeah, it's normal. Mm-hmm. It's 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 sort of like yeah, but let's talk about something else. Right. This is what we have to get through our minds mm-hmm. is that all the problems that we go through in life are infinitesimal. Is that the proper word? <laughs> um, they're small. They're, they're, they're incredi- <laughs> incredibly small in comparison to the gospel matters. Mm-hmm. What's going on in for eternity, and that's what we've got to keep going. Okay. Okay, well, thank you. It's a great reminder, I think, for all of us to keep in mind the larger problems around the world compared to ours. So thanks again, guys.